Welcome, welcome to me, sexy casual. Yeah, I'm not even on front. I've been gone for like what, 11 weeks now? Hi, I'm breaking my hiatus. Yay! And I'm here to tell you all about what I've learned during what I am calling my retreat. <laughs> Retreats are where you go inward and you learn a bunch of things and they're kind of like little vacations sometimes if you're lucky. Um, yeah, and that's what I think I was just on. Uh, some of you might know it better as a love spell or kind of falling into the realms of another. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that is exactly what happened to me maybe eight or nine weeks ago. I saw myself in another and that is such a beautiful thing to do and to fall into. Oh, but it's a lot too, right? <laughs> I think that's where all of our creative things come from, is from passion and love, and um, seeing it in another person, we all know, uh, can really take you for a ride. But it's been super cool, and I'm here to kind of talk on what's really come forward to me, for me as these chapters come to a close, um, and it's on the topic of desire, and how you can have desire serve you rather than being completely engulfed by it and um, it not serving you. So to do that, I think we got to jump onto the train of what is desire? I don't know if a lot of people think about that. Desire seems to be like this passionate yearning, right? And it's, oh, it's such a drive. Desire. And desire doesn't just come from or for other people. It's desire for like passion for fire it, or it is those things rather and it's it's this want it's this want this unwavering want and it's a burning fire and what i'd like to talk about is how can you control that fire how can you direct it so that it better serves you um and this this idea this play came to mind <laughs> funny enough some days ago, I um, had a termite inspector come to my house, and I I know this guy uh, from last time they came to my house. <laughs> yeah, my house really loves, the termites really love my house. I got that good good wood, and in Florida it's sadly inevitable. So um, yeah, they come out, they do their thing, and so I'm, I'm familiar with the people who come out and one of these individuals who comes out I just really enjoy their energy it's this like um just I you know we're just gonna say saucy energy saucy energy but it's all word play it's all energy play and like we know that's what it is and that's all it is and I really love relishing in it and I noticed before this individual showed up, I went and like cleaned my entire house. I shouldn't say my entire house, that's, pff, <laughs> no one got time for that. But I did like a pretty thorough cleanup of my house. And I thought it was so interesting how knowing this individual was coming by made me like want to spruce things up. Um, and I had no attachment to if he actually showed up or not. I mean, this is the fucking termite guy. It's just kind of like a little, fun thing in my life um however it made me clean my house and so I got to sit there and think about 
how the desire for, you know, having a fun and playful conversation with this individual inspired me to create an environment that was um, more pleasant for that experience and how regardless of if that individual were to show up or not, I ended up with a cleaner house. And that is how desire can serve you if you do not hold on to the expectation or the outcome of, you know, what you're yearning for. Oof! Okay, cool. So that's like the micro-skill version that brought me to that really fast-paced realization. The longer version <laughs> is within my eight weeks of falling in love and finding... Let's, let's talk about that really quick. What is falling in love? So many people talk about it, and I don't think we really um, get to... I mean, poets and fairy tales will tell us enough about love, but for ourselves, have we defined it? And I get to sit in that a lot because I... Um, or I like to sit in that idea a lot because I think that's what runs our life, is love, right? I have a mantra that I constantly tell myself that life is love and love is messy. So what is love? Um, or falling in love? For me, it is the essence of seeing, you know, spirit in another, seeing yourself in another, um, seeing desire. But what is desire? You're seeing inspiration. You're inspired by someone else. Um, and that's so fucking beautiful. Someone... I was all like nervous falling into this person because I typically don't, <sighs> I typically just don't, I don't fall um, for people. I'm too encapsulated with myself and my passion projects and what I got on my plate that I don't really give myself the, the energy or the capacity to fall into another. Um, but I did, I did, and I'm very happy that I did. My mom was like, no, you're gonna do it, you should do it. I don't care if this person's taking off, you know, across the country in a month, do it. And I fucking did it. And I'm so happy that I did it. A good friend of mine during this process told me that it's one of the most, it's one of the, not most, one of the fastest ways for us to grow is to into these deep states of intimacy with another individual because what happens is we see ourselves at such a fast-paced reflection that growth is inevitable and I thought about that and the visual that came to mind was an infinity mirror with a laser shooting through it and just if you could slow-mo that you know first strike of the laser and the infinity mirror just like making these fast-paced reflections where you can see infinity where you you essentially see, oh, this word can be triggering for people, but you essentially see God in another. Spirit, universe, you know, magic, we're going to talk about that later, but you see and you feel that, and it's that energy that drives all of us, and that's why it's so fucking addicting! Damn! And, um, that's desire, is, like, you're yearning for that. Cool! So, that's, like, the falling of love that, um, I've come to the conclude that's the definition of falling in love that I have kind of come to the conclusion of there we go and I wanted to talk about kind of how that has affected me and how to pull out of a desire from that and not make it 
a negative thing. So many people go into relationships and they have all this profound change that occurs within them and then some little thing doesn't work out. They have an expectation, they cling onto that expectation and then at the end of it, they end up throwing out like not just the bathwater, but the baby too. And that's just not it, fam. Whew, there's so much we learn from these relationships that we can hold on to, and I think it's really important to kind of look at that. I believe no matter what, you're gonna end up with, you know, the good parts. Um, I'm just, I'm just the half glass full kind of lady in that way. However, I think there are easier routes to getting to that conclusion rather than battling ourselves so often. And I think one of the first steps we can do is, again, having our desire work for us, coming from that perspective. So, um, for example, this individual that came into my life, who I got to do some relating with, <laughs> right? Oh my god, one second, my cat's at the window and she's... Okay, I'm back. So this person that I was relating with <laughs> in some form of a relationship, I don't I don't really label my relationships. I have a relationship with everything in this world. I got to see myself in and I got to see how they saw me. And that was incredible. This person got to see me at such an extreme depth and at such a vulnerable place. And they got to pull things out of me that I hadn't noticed in my life before. And that came... Whew, that doesn't happen super often for me, I think, because I'm constantly just, like, working on myself. Well, no, you know what? Fuck that. You know, I... Slapping myself real quick because that was ego. Everyone in my life brings that forward for me. Um, however, in such a profound, deep, and constant fashion, I would say that's not an everyday thing. And we all know what that falling in love, it's like a fucking spiral, like that infinity mirror I just talked about, right? So this individual loved me in such a way that it challenged how I love myself. It challenged me to love myself better. And I think, I think that's an answer, guys. I'm still playing with it, but you heard it here first. I'm pretty sure relationships that we have with others are, especially the falling in love, the sweep you off your feet kind, are there to challenge you to love yourself even better. So that at the end of the day, this person's just inspiration for what you can do for yourself. Okay? Okay, just, just an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. I know, it's a little spicy, it's a little crazy, it's a little out there, but you know, that's what we're here to do. So that's what I came to the realization of. Um, and simultaneously, because this person was a reflection of mine, I got to see some shit that like I totally do, that this person did, and I got to understand how it was not fun. So um, I, way I, one of the ways I got my name Hummingbird is from being a very sporadic two, 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 two individual. I boop, 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 everywhere. <sighs> Lots of fun, except for that it's not very stable. And um, it's a very colorful experience for sure, but it doesn't 
provide the ability for something to fully flourish and grow and seek foundation from. Um, and that I got to watch in this individual. And I got to... Oh, I love this individual so much. And I got to explain, like, hey, look, this... I can't do this without this stability. Because the back and forth is going to kill me. And right now I just don't have time for that for what I'm doing with my life right now. Um, and I got to really check myself and be like, shit, you do this to other people, hum? Fuck. Grab some discipline. Let's go. Let's build some structure. So in that way, I got to see what I needed in my life. And it was a direct reflection of how I affect others and how it's not cool. And so I got to check myself through this individual and check this individual. Fucking amazing. Another thing that came forward during this relationship is we were doing a lot of energy work, a lot of energy play. Um, and there were definitely some blockages within me. And there was this one really intense time uh, where energy got stuck in my throat, which makes so much sense. Oh my goodness. Um, and I just could not get myself to speak this like energy out. And for a while now, I've been really entranced by the idea of singing more, um, using my voice, standing up in it, you know, being more stable. There's that word again. And I found myself like, oh shit, I, I need to come more into my voice, more into my being. Um, simultaneously, I had like a lot of wind stuff coming forward for me. I was speaking to the wind and I have other stories on the wind that I'm sure will come up later. For many years, I've been working with the wind, but this voice thing came forward. And so uh, fast forward to you know, less than a week ago, last Monday, um, I take my first voice lesson because I've come out of this relationship. I've realized, you know, what I need to work on for myself. You know, this individual brought these things to my attention. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go work on these things. So I go and I get voice lessons by these amazing opera singers. Oh my goodness. And they're teaching me, they're like, first of all, great voice but you're coming into your throat on the high notes and that's something that people do regularly. Um, and they showed me some techniques of pushing into something while, while singing, while singing your high notes. And what this encourages you to do is engage the lower abdomen, the, we call it the bandhas in yoga, if you're familiar. So your bandhas are like your root, it's engaging I mean, quite simply, it's like your pelvic floor and everything that surrounds your sex organs. And so <laughs> I come out of this class. They kept asking me, they're like, okay, how did that feel? You know, just remember that feeling. How did that feel when I get the higher notes engaged from that lower space? And I was so entranced by this idea. I kept playing with it throughout the day, throughout the evening. Um, and I go to pull some cards and I pull the sweat lodge card that evening and I'm like, okay, that means I need to turn on my fireplace and do some like sing chanting and just like get it all out. That's what I've associated that card with. And so I don't give a fuck if it's the middle of summer in Gainesville, my house needs to dry out anyway. So I start a fire um, in my wood stove 
and I get it cranking and I start doing my little sing song chantings and, and I was like you know what I'm I'm gonna self-please myself okay little little tangent I hate the word masturbate so from here on out it's gonna be like self-sex solo sex um self-pleasure I don't know self-play word masturbate just sits wrong with me words are spells and they should sound delicious or at least what they are and masturbate just sounds like shit and it's such a magical practice so we're renaming that anyway so i like self-sauce on myself <laughs> while doing the sweat lodge experience and i am singing and i'm engaging these muscles and i'm having a harder time going deeper into you know the lower abdomen um, and I stick a vibrator on my clitoris while I'm doing this and everything tightens up and I get the most perfect ah and everything clicks. I realize in that moment if you think about the orgasm and the increasing of a climax and how everything down there engages and the the vocals that come forward from that you can see how this engagement relates to higher pitched sounds coming from the core coming from the ab coming from you know the diaphragm where you want it to come from not the throat I was mind blown. I was like, oh my goodness, my need to release my voice comes from this sexual expression, this creative expression, this passionate expression. What? I mean, I already knew that sexy was mixed into everything in our lives and our downplay of it fucks everything up. I mean, that's why I started this whole podcast, but boom, here's some more, you know, throw that data on your spreadsheet. That, that incorporation of sensuality into my singing practice brought so many little magnets to <laughs> click together. Wild. And then I was um, transported back to a few months ago when someone told me that our Yoni... So the vaginal canal and the throat are connected, um, spiritually speaking, that is. And a lot of midwives will actually ask women to moan and to yell and to scream, to howl when giving childbirth because opening the throat helps open up, helps open up the canal for childbirth. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love when shit comes full circle. It just feels so damn good. And this was one of those moments where I was like, ta-da! Oh my god! Look at that! Would you believe it? Singing, the voice, is connected, and this expression, this creative expression, is connected to, you know, another type of expression. This sexual expression, this creative expression. Ah, and if you want to get into witchy shit here, um, actually, you know what? That's going to be my next kind of topic. This individual, so with the voice, coming into my voice, coming into my stability, coming into my structure through this individual, I got to realize that um, some of the confidence that I've wanted or that I 
spell. I, I haven't been as strong in it as I've wanted to be. Um, standing in my troops, that is. And something that came forward for me is like, bitch, you a witch. <laughs> and like, that might sound like super woo-woo to some of you. And I think I was taking on the idea of what individuals might think of me if I say that. And to some of you, you might be like, duh, bitch, you've been a witch. What are you talking about? You straight up like harvest the eyeballs of owls. And I'm like, ah. You know, it's not wrong. <laughs> it's just what it is. And owning the label witch means you have to be a good witch, which is what this individual I've been in deep relationship with um, brought forward for me. You know, words are spells. When we speak, we're casting spells. They're very powerful. And if you're going to label yourself as something, it requires you to own up to that label and to stand fully in it. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, okay, I guess I'm a witch. And so this is kind of me coming out. I've been a witch. I've just been kind of like not... I've playfully been taking it on, like, haha, yeah, witches are real. I, no, witches are real. Witches are real. Uh, people who play very intuitively with energy is real. And you know what? I can't deny it anymore. Not that I think anyone who knows me knows that I, 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 I don't think I have hit it, but from like the broader spectrum of the world and people who see me, bitch, I'm a witch and I'm out here and I'm, I'm owning it. So. Yeah, that's very important for the next few, for, for all of the rest of my life, but really, um, you know, this relationship especially, because there was a lot of, like, magic that came forward. And I'd like to mention that sex is magic. <laughs> um, and since we're talking about coming out, it's the end of Pride Month, the original, and with that, all the, you know, photos, the memes, and all the the celebratory nature came forward which yes 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 and one of the things that came to the to light was one of the original pride flags which had sex and magic on it ah uh, ah uh, they cut it out because cost of colors but yes sex and magic they're very powerful things um and they play you know the spirit world of manifesting so yes i'm a witch hi what I was gonna get into before I brought forward my coming out, my full come out of which, was that the chakras, um, if you play with those, are connected. The the throat chakra and the sacral chakra, both one is orange, one is blue. They are complementary of one another. Um, I've been playing a lot with complementary chakras, and this is because a dear friend of mine. Oh my. He one time brought up that, you know, as a, that light, um, the way it reflects off of surfaces, it's actually reflecting the opposite of what it is. I'm not going to go into the full science right now because I, I know it, but I, I haven't studied it enough to fully express it here, but light reflects the opposite of what it's actually showing. And so if you want to, you know, work with a certain color sometimes wearing the other the opposite the contrasting color will invite it in and i thought that was so interesting i was like oh, i really want to work with throat which is blue 
and I ended up finding myself in the sacral area, which is orange. And so I've done a lot of that work also um, with the types of minerals I wear. I was wearing tanzanite, or I thought I was going to be drawn to tanzanite, and then this piece of carnelian just slapped me in the face, and I was like, yo, hey mama, yeah, help me find my strength. And so, yeah, all of this came forward because of this sweet individual I've been relating with who showed me, who explored super deep, intimate, vulnerable spaces with me and was like, yo, honey, work on your throat. Work on, like, you need to get your voice out. You need to get this structure out. Um, or you need to sit more in your stability, rather. Pew! Ah, it can be hard. Actually, I'm not even going to say it can be. It is. It is super hard not to put expectation to desires. Did I want to, like, throw a whole life together with this individual and, you know, follow my dreams with this individual? Fuck yeah. Did this individual end up moving back up north and essentially called me and was like, hey, I don't think I'm going to come back and I think I'm going to start a life with this other individual? They did. And, mmm, how that feel? Not amazing, but it gave me clear direction of where I needed to go. And I, again, did not throw out, and this is the hard part, I know this is the hard part, I did not throw out the baby with the bathwater. I still love this individual. This in person didn't do anything wrong. Um, except for be a little wishy-washy in their ways and you know what that's a human thing i've fucking been that so you know what compassion no rage um i mean get your anger out where you need to get your anger out but no hate like you did what you had to do and how has what you've done through me to me for me for you helped me that's that's how i think we can make desire work for us um so, little side story, part of the reason, I mean, I was in this fat love spell, right? And, oh my god, if I would have tried to do any sort of make sex sexy casual podcast during this time, I would have lost it. I don't think, yeah, I was just everywhere, I mean, I closed flow space for a month. I was so besides myself, um during this time and no i didn't close floor space because of a relationship it was so much compiled on top of one thing after another and trying to find myself and what am i doing and in the middle of this relationship with this individual i find this so funny um there was like a deep practice of celibacy that occurred where we stripped ourselves from desire from one another and it was one of the most profound things I've done. And it was because things were so messy. Um, he was engaging in another relationship that had a lot of emotion in it. And I was like, oh shit, you don't need me uh, mixed in this. You need a friend. And I was like, cool, we're going to be cutting off desire so that you feel supported while you deal with this relationship or handle this relationship. Um, dynamic that was absolutely it was, it was just a wild one which i saw myself in too i was like oh shit i've totally been here before i can only have compassion because i know how hard this is so i took a step back we practiced like a very celibate 
no desired state, which was hard as fuck. Oh my goodness. And I was like, wow, I totally understand why people, why the, why so many religious, um, what are we, literature, stories, uh, whatever you want to call them, they speak to the idea of abstinence. And I was like, yo, how can I come to this conclusion when I'm literally out here speaking on like, fuck yeah, own your slut, be, you know, make sexy casual, da 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 when I'm in the middle of like a celibacy moment and relishing in it and finding profound truths in it. Um, so that was like a funny little glitch in the matrix for me where... I, yeah, I honestly didn't know how to come forward and talk about that, but here I am, um, yeah, practicing, that was, like, a real moment of having desire not serve me, and so I cut it out, I was like, this is not good, if I fall into desire right now, shit's gonna get really fucking messy. Oh, another thing that this individual brought forward for me was, um, the book The Prophet, which has been my compass for life ever since, and I'm so grateful for it. And in this book, uh, it speaks on like so many different, oh, just things in life. And one is reason and passion. And so I've been playing a lot with that. Um, you know, I think passion used to drive, used to be like my full on drive. And reason is so important in life, and having a balance of the two is really the way that you set yourself up for success, I've found. And so, within the celibate time, we got to decide that desire was not the front burner, but rather that reason needed to um, get the attention. And reason told us not to act on that, not to act on passion. And it was so beautiful because I got to really intimately know this individual without, you know, enacting on a primal um, want and lust. And there are really profound, I mean, I don't think I have to tell most of you that, but there's really profound states that come from, you know, withholding and diving in from a an intimate space that's not sexual. And you know what? That's still sexy as fuck. No, that is sexy as fuck. And I think that's what I want to kind of bring forward, is that sexuality is sometimes not the sexiest thing in the room. I mean, we've We've taken physical sexuality and we've stamped the word sexy on it, but is that even really sexy anymore? Is there actually like beautiful, deep woven intimacy in those relations? Or is there something, you know, like what is your description of sexy? And I think that's really important for this podcast because I'm making, I don't want to just make, you know, this thrusting of pelvises pel yeah i don't want to make pelvic thrusting sexy i want to make deep woven intimacy that comes through inspired creation and vulnerability and passion casual that's what needs to be made casual 
these deeper states of being. Ah. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, I want to start closing it up. Essentially, what came forward, what's coming forward for me here is rule your desire. See if you can use your desire to make shit pop. I know that half the reason my house is in the state that it's in is because I had dear lovers who inspired me to uh, just make the world more beautiful. And so I did. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna have copper ceilings and walls and live for the, maybe it's my Taurus moon too, but you know, whatever. I just relish in luxuries. Throughout all of this though, I also wanna say that that's not easy to do. There's a lot of pain that comes because us as humans, we expect, we create these stories in our heads and we want them to be true. We create little fairy tales and they don't always work out that way. And so I'd like to end on reading a piece from the prophet and it's one on pain and it's what got me through a majority of <laughs> I mean, this whole book got me through so much shit, but I think it's, you know, us as humans, we deal with pain a lot, so let's talk about it. Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding, even as the stone of the fruit must break, that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. And could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life, your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. And you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as you have always accepted the seasons that pass over your fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is a bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. Okay, I'm gonna leave it right there. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this very delayed episode of Make Sexy Casual. This has been your host, Hummingbird. <laughs> oh, I love you all so very dearly. Reach out, holla, check in with me, tell me what you think, and I'll see you soon on that next episode. Ciao, ciao.